3: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike's medical podcast. Today, I am joined by my okay. co host, my articulating other. Co host? Dr. Matthew the Bone Barton. The union is always pleasant. Oh, how nice. Uh, we are simply saying these things, not when because when they are true. become one. <laughs> well, I don't think any <laughs> joints become one. Uh, and now I've just given Unless it fibrotic. a fibrotic. True.
0: Well, anyway, let's get to it.
3: Joints, Matt. We're doing joints. We're talking about joints, all things joints. Uh, Joints are really interesting structures. Uh, The body is filled with joints. When you think about joints... How many joints? I don't know. How many? Well, uh, ooh. Nice going. Ask a question we don't know the answer to.
0: I can can give you a couple of estimates. All right. Do you want to give... Give you estimates.
3: Let's do it. All right. We haven't really defined what a joint is, but that's cool.
0: You start. What's the definition? This is important to get the number. We have to get the definition down pat first. I think so. Okay, so Um, you start with the definition. Well, the
3: first thing is when I say joint, people probably think of all the. Common joints that we see when we move our arm, our shoulder, our elbow, our fingers, jaw, and our leg, our knees, our toes, and hips, and also the jaw as well. But there's far more joints in the body that you don't just see in those. For, uh, using those examples of joints, they're all actually pretty much just one type of joint, um, those ones that I just stated. But there's oh, okay. yep. others, right? Because they're, so they're movable, they're freely movable joints. Mm. Uh, that sit within a particular category of joints, but there's so many others that we actually don't recognise as joints. And then this then leads us to just the give me the number. definition. Definition.
0: Okay. Just give it straight to me.
3: All right. So this is probably one of the worst starts of any <laughs> podcast out, we've done straight so out, far.
0: What's the definition
3: of a joint? The definition that I think is <laughs> the great definition of a joint is it's the site of union or articulation of two or more bones or cartilage. Like it. Like right. It. So, or you could even say skeletal elements if
0: you want to be a bit more. You broad.
3: could, but I won't. <laughs> Articul—I like the word articulation because articulation is synonymous with joint. And when somebody articulates themselves in speech, don't look at me. No, I—I I, I promise you, I won't. It's when they bring <laughs> the right word together that fits perfectly with each other. Um, so, Matt, when we talk about articulation, doesn't do it. Is dislocated. Yes, he's dislocated. His language, his lexicon is dislocated. But myself, I'm articulated. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good start. So right. let's just say work off
0: because the first question you asked… Actually, No, no I didn't ask I, one. I, you I, just brought one up. I, I asked the question. Yeah. But to answer this wonderful question, how many joints do we but have in the body? You mean the question you asked? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, we need to work off the back of the definition which is uh, the site of two or more skeletal elements. <laughs> right. No,
3: we're going <laughs> bones, back to my definition bones,
0: uh, that are… Come together. Right. You can't tell that?
3: me to define it happy and then it supersede it. Yeah. With, okay. All right. Good. Yes. I'm very Let's, happy with joints are the site of union or articulation to two or Now, the reason for why I coverage. said it's hard to give you a number
0: is this is for point one. Point one is when we're, bo- <laughs> when we're born or infants, we have more bones than we do as an adult. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, therefore, yeah, the definition yeah. of more, more than one more. two <laughs> this two or more, is the two, worst. two or more bones come together means they're going to be more than more more bones to put together <laughs> in infants or babies
3: than there is adults because uh, ba- well, babies have 270 odd bones okay wait this is a great this is a great example of how poor is at articulating you're simply saying that in babies in infants the more science bones. of articulation is greater correct than in adults. Because some of those bones have not fused together yep. yet. And therefore, once a bone is fused together, you lose the articulation and you lose the joint. That's great. That's right. All right. So, how many joints do babies have compared to us? Well, um, you asked the question
0: yeah. to begin with. Based on the number of bones, you can go from there. Well, if you look at. <laughs> but I won't, and you will. Oh, so I don't we'll know, we'll know the <laughs> number. Well, we'll be on 300. Okay. In, in the younger populations before right. the bones have fused. So particularly long bones, we know they have growth plates at the end of the long bones. So that's between the epiphysis and the diaphysis. That's a, a bit of cartilage. Does that make sense? Between that's, the end yeah. and the let's say the shaft. That is technically a primary cartilaginous joint. Yeah. So it's still a, a joint, joint. But as we get older and as
3: bones close, theoretically, um, the joint will disappear. So one point I'd like to add here when it comes to joints before we start going into the various classifications of the different joints is that not all joints are movable or at least freely movable joints, which is what people tend to think about when we think of joints. Like I said at the beginning, if I say to my students – What joints do you think about when I just say joints? They all go shoulder, elbow, hands, knee, hip and toes. But obviously there's many, many others. So I think that we should talk about the various classification methods of joints.
0: Can I just ask, I need to add one more thing into it that makes it it additionally difficult. Yes, please. Is we also have bones in the body that are known as sesamoid bones. Right. Okay. The classic example is your patella. Mm. Is that a joint? So would you consider your patella onto your femur or tibia as a joint? Oh. If
3: it articulates with other bones or cartilage, then absolutely I do. Okay, all right. Well, but Do gonna, you? Do you classify gonna, it as a joint? That's going to add to the number. Right. Do you yeah.
0: classify that as a joint, personally? Um, I wouldn't. No, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, I think we've got at least 40 sesamoid bones in the body. Right. Okay, so then you can decide whether
3: you add those to the mix or not. So we will decide, dear listener, by the end of this podcast whether it is a joint simply through uh, a fisticuff based fight. Or it's just a, a little bit
0: of b- bone floating around in a tendon or a muscle. Right. I'm sick of this.
3: <laughs> I quit. Okay. So let's let's classify.
0: So between 250 to 350 bo- uh, joints in the body, there Great. you go. Okay. Wonderful. You're welcome.
3: Yep. That took seven minutes to get to. <laughs> So when it comes to classifying joints, uh, there's actually no one way to classify them. There's joints. actually three. All right. Um, firstly, <laughs> you can, and you can do this any way you want, but firstly you can classify them in accordance with the range of possible movement, so the degree of movement that they perform. How much they move. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's pretty much in the definition. Uh, and the second way is by classifying it in accordance to the nature of... Of the tissue between the bony structures. So, what tissue is there? You know, is it cartilaginous? Is it fibrous, or so forth? So you can classify it according to that. Now, you had a third one, just whether it has a, a cavity or not. So, if it has a,
0: if, it, if the joint is separated by a cavity, that's generally referred to as a synovial joint. Or if it's filled with something, it's a solid joint. Solid,
3: a solid joint. Yep. So, so that's
0: technically three. But in a way that would just kind of be the, f- the connective tissue really.
3: So what I think we can do is we, ac- we can actually incorporate all three classifications in one. So firstly, if we take that final classification of whether there's a synovial or a solid joint, we can say, okay, let's now just focus on the solid joints and we're going to classify them according to the nature of the intervening connective tissue, connective tissue in between. And then once we've done that, we can talk about how freely Mm movable they are. Like it. right? And then we can move on to the synovial. So to begin with, we're going to be taking those solid joints. Like Matt said, it doesn't have a joint cavity. So one bone is connected to another bone or one cartilage is connected to another cartilage by some sort of tissue in between. And so the very first type here is that of the fibrous joints so fibrous joints uh, these are bones joined by fibrous connective tissues the second type is a cartilaginous joint now these are bones joined by cartilage tissue or cartilage and fibrous tissue and then finally you've got those synovial joints which have the cavity in between uh, and that cavity is filled with a synovial fluid and it's surrounded by a capsule but has a cavity, mm. which is the big big Joint difference. Cavity, yep. So if we classify it by just the tissue, we've got fibrous, cartilaginous and synovial. Now if we classify it in accordance with its movability, how freely movable it is, we're starting to bring in some difficult terms here. Mm. right? First term here so is this that… Is ba- this is based on movement. This is based on movement, okay. right? And then we can start talking about of those joints that are fibrous, cartilaginous and synovial… How freely movable are they? And we can start using these terms. So the first term I want to use is that of synarthrotic or synarthrosis. Yeah. Now this means immovable. It's an immovable joint. These bones and the joint in between does not move. Right. So what does synarthrotic mean?
0: Okay. So I, I
3: mean I know it means immovable but as a, as a word we know that it's based what in like Greek or Latin or yeah. whatever it may be. What,
0: what is the… Three main parts to it. Yep. Syn, S-Y-N. So that's the prefix. Um, that just means together with. Okay. Okay. Arthro, it pertains to just joint. Right. Whenever you hear arthro, it's just meaning joint itself. Osis was a hard one because when I looked at that, osis can actually mean a process mm. or a state, but it also also can mean abnormal and an abnormal condition. Right. So right, sometimes right. you might hear the term atherosis and it can actually mean yeah. Like, like atherosclerosis. Kind of, yeah. So, yeah. atherosis technically is the same as arthritis. I mean, arthritis is inflammation of a joint. Mm. But when you look at osteoarthritis, to be technical, it's not really just inflammation. Right. It's right. a pathological state of the joint. And so, to be correct, it really would be osteoarthrosis. Right. But when you hear synarthrosis, yeah. that would indicate that there's kind
3: of something pathological happening i always thought osis was ref- meant pertaining pertaining to so i would have i would have read synarthrosis as um bringing a joint together and the osis is just saying pertaining to the, so bringing a joint together yep that's how the i would sort of, of interpret it's like the
0: state of being but it can also be
3: an abnormal
0: state or abnormal condition.
3: This makes sense when you think about synarthrosis meaning immovable, syn meaning together. So it's a together joint basically is what it's saying. That's right.
0: immobile, immovable,
3: immobile, (laughs) doesn't move, fixed. (laughs) 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 And whatever other synonym you'd like to use. The next one is amphiarthrotic. So you can keep all the rest of the the term. Which means slightly movable.
0: So the only thing that's changed here from the synarthrosis is the amph- amphi or ampi?
3: I say amphi because it's okay, a- amph.
0: A-M-P-H. We'll go with amphi. Um, that just basically means on both sides or both kinds. So an theater yeah. would be a stage with two, the, lo- two the audience on both sides or yeah. an amphibian can go
3: from water to land. Right. So amphiathrotic means, yeah, it's… Slightly movable. Yeah, it it can be immovable and it can move as well. So it's both. It's it's slightly movable, and then you've got diarthrotic, and this means freely movable. Yeah. So this is tricky. So what's what is the, the etymology here of diarthrotic? Di just is double or two,
0: so two joint. Right. So it's not like a double jointed, but
3: I, I, it really just pertains to it's freely moving. Okay. So we've got three joint classifications here based on how movable it is. You've got immovable, which is synarthrotic. You've got slightly movable, which is amphiarthrotic. And then you've got freely movable, which is diarthrotic. And now we can bring this in together with our classification we used earlier in regards to the type of tissue in between, which remember was fibrous, cartilaginous and synovial. So a fibrous joint, there's actually a couple of different types of fibrous joints in the body there's three types I think of fibrous joints in the body um, and predominantly they're immovable to slightly movable right yep so what would be the terms we use here for for those yeah if, the, ped- if they well if they're immovable to slightly movable again what were those terms uh, so, well no movement
0: is synarthrosis
3: yep and slightly
0: is amphiarthrosis.
3: So fibrous joints are synarthrotic and one of which is amphiarthrotic. So what are the three types of fibrous joints? And we can talk about how movable they are. Well, you've got the sutures. The sutures. All right, tell us about, tell us about sutures and, and where we can find them.
0: So a classic example of where, we,
3: where you would find a suture joint would be the skull. That's actually the only place you can find a suture joint.
0: Okay, there you go then. Yeah. Um, so basically when we are developing in neutro and then we're, we're a born baby. A born baby? It's a born baby. Yep. Uh, so a newborn up to Oh, bottom. I thought Jason born baby. So I thought there was going to be a baby <laughs> who saves the world. Sorry. So um, these uh, plates of bone, they're like a flat sheet of bone. They are your skull bones. So you have kind of the... The calvera, which is the top part, and then you have the skull base. So we'll focus on the calvera, which is, you know, like the frontal bone, the temporal bones, the parietal bones, the occipital bones. They're just like a a sheet of bones. Now, they have like a primary ossifying center and they kind of spread out as they move towards the next sheet of bone. Yeah. Now, for a baby, a lot of the bone is still cartilaginous, so it's still open and that allows as the brain gets bigger, the skull can get bigger with it. Now, as the,
3: the baby ages, these joints start to get infused. Or they maybe but they're also not fused yet because they need to be able to move, be movable to move through the birthing canal.
0: Oh, yeah. So they definitely almost slide over it or yeah. acro- across each other. Like tectonic you know, plates. That's, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, but so, I said it first. So <laughs> particularly, well, I guess it's only going to happen if it's a, a vaginal delivery. So yeah. it's, as it gets pushed down the, the birth canal and comes out, the head will be, Squash squashed to some degree. Yeah. And it will yeah. take
3: probably a few hours to kind of bounce back into. Or in your case, 42 years. <laughs> uh, so we've got these plates yeah. and they're not fused yet. They're, and and if you have a look at them, the, the lines that m- separate one plate to another looks like a suture and it comes together. And as you age between, so when one bone plate comes together with another bone plate, you've actually got, because remember it's called a fibrous joint, yeah. right? You've got... Collagen, basically. it's coll- Fibrous joints are basically held together by collagen.
0: So you've got the, the two bone ends. Yep. So you've got the bones, which is – we know what a bone is. Yep, At the end yep, of the bone good. is hyaline cartilage. Mm-hmm. So that's what the end kind of um, lining of the bone. But then we have this kind of cambrial area, which is like this kind of um, radiating connective tissue, which is the osteogenic cells. So they will eventually become – um, probably bone-like. Yeah. And then you have the capsule of the bone and then that's held together between the two elements with like ligament-like structure. And yeah. all this
3: together is this the sutural ligament. And then as you age, this connective tissue that's that you've just stated between those two bones slowly disappears. Yeah, ossifies. The, ossifies. The bone fuses. You get that suture look The skull bones should not be able to move by now, so hence it being called synarthrotic. And this fusion of bone—this is a new word for everyone—is synestose. Synostosis is when bones fuse. All right. So only in the skull do you have sutures; they are one uh, part of fibrous joints. So.
0: Yeah, once that has calcified or once that's fused, then you're not going to get any movement. Now, there are some practitioners that think they can manipulate the suture joints. And they'd be wrong. You know, in conditions where they think, I don't know, there's. What are the. What oh, are the, who knows? Some crap. Sacrocranial technique? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Not possible. And a good way to indicate this to be the case, if you were to have an increased pressure within your skull, your skull bones aren't moving. The only thing that gets moved or compressed is your brain. There and you so go. if these were still open like you would see in a, a baby when mm. you have increased intracranial pressure with a baby, you'd actually see the fontanelles start to bulge out. That's right. Because there's still a degree of movability. And the but, fontanelles are? Oh, well, they're the kind of the, the communication points both anteriorly and posteriorly. which They're the in, joint sites. Yeah, or at
3: least in multiple places. Yes. Yeah. All right, so that's the suture, which is uh, the first type of a fibrous joint. What's the second type of fibrous joint? Uh, your teeth. Yeah, I love this word. Okay, you say it. Gomphosis. Gomphosis. So that's the tooth in your gum, right? Yes. So the
0: gumph part, excuse me. Not the osus, but the gumph. Forest gumph. Um is good what, movie. What that means is to fast to fasten with bolts. Right. Or peg. Peg like.
3: Well, so it is a peg like joint, isn't it? Yeah. So you have the
0: tooth. The crown is what's kind of sitting up above the gum, but then you have like the the root going down into the socket, so the bone itself. Well, it's not really bone though, is it? Well, the bone of the skull that it sits in, yes. so which is either going to be the mandible yeah, or going to be the, the maxilla. Alveola, it's
3: the alveolar bone to yeah. be specific. Right? Yep.
0: And so the bone or the pegs go into the, the, the bone itself of either the jaw or the maxilla, right? The pegs of the tooth. The, the pegs of the tooth, right. And so… As, it's go, as the, the root of the tooth goes down into the, the, um, the yep. socket, Yeah. there's going to be certain structures within the tooth like the canal, the um, pulp and then the, the cementum, I think it's called. That's kind of where it gets anchored but then you've got the periodontal ligament which is kind of what binds it
3: to the sides of the s- skull. So to make a jawbone. So to make it simple, the tooth is in the jaw... Specifically, the alveolar bone and collagen is holding the tooth into the bone with the periodontal ligament as the anchor point. And, I, and I'm assuming
0: the periodont, periodontal ligament is what would have to be ruptured to pull the tooth out. Yes, that's and right. so a question that I have, and I know the answer to, it, but I'm going to ask you, is: Well, technically, the tooth shouldn't move in your jaw. Yep. But in some cases, it does. So for instance, braces, I had braces and the whole premise of that is you're applying forces to the tooth. So the, the what's, what's the name? The um, yeah. Orthodontist. orthodontist? Yeah, orthodontist. Orthodontist. So the orthodontist glues these kind of things onto your teeth and then puts wire on it and then they can wind the wire up to yeah. put tension on it. Yeah. Why
3: does that allow movement? How does that allow movement if there's no movement in that joint? Well, because it's obviously putting force and it's like when you have a tree growing, if if I went into your backyard and tried to push a tree, it's not going to move, right? Yeah. But with enough force and pressure, you can influence its movement. So you can actually take a tree and you can mould it over time if you've got a fence in the road or whatever, you can mould its ability to move and it's the same thing. Um, yeah, so basically, but this, but, but this is an important point because... People go, oh yeah, teeth can move in the jaw, so it's a movable joint. It's not. It's synarthrotic. Mm. Teeth in the jaw should not move. But again, think about it as though you're running full pelt at a tree. The tree shouldn't move either. But obviously with enough force, yes, it can. Or if the roots are damaged, yes, it can. Same with the tooth. Yeah, so basically, the end.
0: But basically what's going to be remodeling or remodeled is the actual bone itself. So... The, the, the bone that the tooth sits in, yeah. by pulling it in a certain direction, so either pulling or pushing the, the tooth can actually reabsorb the bone as it moves along. Oh, interesting. So it actually moves in the bone itself Makes sense. but Makes not sense. in the joint. Yeah.
3: yeah So we've got two now under fibrous. We've got the suture and they're the bones of the skull and the gomphosis which is the tooth in the gum. Very specific joints, aren't they? Yeah. They're not found anywhere else, only those particular places. Then we've got something called a syndesmosis. Cinders sin. So we already sp- covered that. That's together with
0: yeah, des desmo. desmo, desmo. Yeah, go on. Like Desmond. No, yep. that's that's basically dude. All the the Beatles the, the, in the marketplace. Um, desmo is a band or ligament. All right. So it's basically
3: the joint together with a band or a ligament. I like this. I like the cindersmosis. So you've got this, like what, like dense regular connective tissue fibers. Um, that sit between two generally long bones, bones right? Yeah. Um, and it's also known as like an interosseous membrane. Yeah. And so if you take your radius and ulna of your forearm or your tibia and fibula of your leg, these are bones that obviously run parallel with each other. And they're bound together through this interosseous membrane, again, which is known as a syndesmosis. You happy with that? Yeah. And uh, so
0: the function of this interosseous membrane, so like you said, between the radius and ulna or tib and fib, um, would be to help stabilize the two bones. It, but they're also important for muscle, side of muscle attachment. So a lot of, let's say your forearm, the, a lot of the forearm muscles to some degree attach to that particular interosseous membrane, yeah. but also to help transfer forces through
3: those bones. Yeah. Oh, it's like the, the, the biceps. Obviously biceps have a, uh, an attachment um at the radial tuberosity i believe but also at the, the forearm like a banded sort of attachment at the forearm now i don't know if that's actually that's actually attaching more to the muscles to the muscles yeah, yeah. my bad so ignore what i just said um so we've got three now we've got under fibrous joints and now we've exhausted well, actually the other one you said gonna- wait, wait wait is it uh Immovable, immobile, free, uh, slightly movable, or freely movable. The syndesmosis.
0: I would say it's
3: amphiarthrosis. It is slightly movable. Correct.
0: The other, the other example you could give for a syndesmosis. Oh yeah,
3: would be the ligamental flavum, which is kind of between individual vertebrae. And another one is uh, the sacroiliac joint as well. There's a uh, interosseous membrane there too.
0: I wonder. I think that one becomes also. Um, ossified as we get older. So yeah, it, it almost becomes it. the sacrum and the ileum becomes kind of locked as one bone.
3: Like you said, when to become one. All right. So that's fibrous. Now onto cartilaginous. So cartilaginous, this is where we have sort of like a pad of cartilage wedged between the ends of the bones. Again, there's no joint cavity here. Same with fibrous, no joint cavity. The difference here is that it's cartilage in between, not fibrous tissue. Now, you can have cartilage and fibrous tissue, but the point here is that there's cartilage in between. And so there's, what, two types of cartilaginous joints? Primary and secondary. Yep, primary and secondary. And so the primary joint is called a synchondrosis. So we already know what syn is. That's together with yep. chondro. Cartilage. Cartilage. Osis. So, Pertaining to, yeah, relating so, to.
0: So it's a joint that is jam packed or together with cartilage-like
3: and it's tissue. Usually hyaline cartilage, right? So this is that smooth, glassy type of cartilage that's there to reduce friction. And well, well, is that yeah, right? Yeah. So within this particular one, yeah, um,
0: these primary joints. So like I spoke to you earlier, some classic examples within the developing human. So this would be baby all the way up to puberty. Would a, a classic primary um, cartilaginous joint would just be the the end of the long bones, so the, the growth plates.
3: Yeah, so between the diaphysis and epiphysis, you've got the epiphyseal plate which is also known as the growth plate Yeah. and when you become an adult it's just called the epiphyseal line but this is a primary joint, a primary cartilaginous joint also known as a syn- synchondrosis. Yeah, and that's hyaline cartilage in between. So, is it that hyaline cartilage has osteogenic cells? Yeah, and just the direction of how they grow Mm.
0: would be given the ability of the the bone to lengthen. Right. And that's why fractures through that particular growth plate can be so problematic, particularly in developing children, because that may, let's say it's in the leg it can impact the length of that developing, let's say, femur, which could be significantly problematic if the other one's growing at a normal length and the other one's, I don't know, three-quarters the length. Maybe that's what happened
3: to me in both my legs. (laughs) So do you think this is uh, immovable, slightly movable or freely movable?
0: I'd say also slightly. You've got
3: other examples being… I would say um, yeah, uh, synarthrotic. I would say it's not movable at all. It's immobile. It can't be right. It's between. It's right at the end oh, of the we, long are bone.
0: Are we just saying primary? Full stop. Are primary. we saying this particular example, primary? This example. Well, you also got costochondral, yep. and you got zygo sternal.
3: So but I'm they're immovable. I'm, they're immobile. Really? Completely? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're um, synarthrotic. Okay.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. So that though. So that, so you're basically saying all the primary cartilaginous joints. Synarthrotic, synarthrotic, okay. yeah, immobile.
3: Okay, but the next one, the secondary, also known as the symphysis. Um, so, so what? What is that? So sim means together. Yeah. What's physis mean? Growth. Oh, together growth. So this actually has like a, f- uh, a fibrocartilage pad between the bones. Yes. There's also some fibrous. So it's fibrocartilage pad. So it's got fibrous. Tissue, but also cartilaginous tissue, and fibrocartilage is usually there to resist sort of uh, compressive forces. Yeah. So you sort of find these in the vertebrae. Well, they're all in the midline, on the midline. But you can have there's a bit of fibrocartilage in your knee.
0: Yeah, well, that's a synovial <laughs> joint, though. Sure. In terms of secondary cartilage, oh, this specific type all, of joint, all, all midline. So it's pubis, and IVDs, so intervertebral discs, and interestingly. The front of your mandible, really? So, so the mandible. I didn't know that. So the mandibles come together in midline and join. Yeah. So technically, there is cartilage there, but it would. Fuse. And that's a secondary, not yeah. a primary. It, it's a secondary, so it would fuse. I mean, for us adults, it's a, it's a the mandibles are one bone. Yeah. But technically, there is a a, a disc or a small bit of cart, cartilage there. Some animals, it's still open as a joint. So really, the baleen whales.
3: Oh yeah, and we're all familiar with that.
0: Well, these are the These are whales that take a lot of water in and sieve through the baleen and then that is how they extract the food from the water opposed to tooth whales which I guess just… Filter it through the teeth. (laughs) No, just chew, bite and chew things, yeah. So what they need to do when they open their mouth, so you open – this is my assumption here, correct me if I'm wrong, um, marine biologists – open your mouth through the temporomandibular joint which is a synovial joint but they can also open their jaws at this secondary cartilaginous joint. So they can also open in that plane. What's that plane? A frontal plane?
3: Not very good for a podcast.
0: sagittally and frontally. Yeah. So that expands the volume in their mouth. Yeah. And then they can fill up the mouth so much with water and then shoot it through the baleen, which then gives them the krill water. they –
3: And so that's because of this secondary cartilaginous joint.
0: There's still a movable joint. So it's a symphysis. Correct. So a symphysis –
1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
3: Bone. So symphysis is a slightly movable joint. Then
0: right. So it's technically a mandibular symphysis and that closes at the second year of
3: life. So it's amphiarthrotic.
0: Yeah. And but, that's but you pubic and then all your intervertebral discs are also a secondary cartilaginous joint. But, you know, with your vertebra, all the movement, pretty much all the movement that goes through your vertebrae are through synovial joints, like the facet joints Mm. or the ribs. But the disc itself, there is that movement there. Now, didn't you, one of your um, acquaintances or colleagues spoke about when you're doing, uh, you know, deadlifts or uh, squats and you're putting a lot of force through your intervertebral discs there is actually through the compression of the discs, the movement, is so what, what was it like? One third of the movement is in through the discs, whereas the synovial is two thirds. Okay. So, and that's important for stability through putting a lot of force. You, I'm sure you said that to me. I don't remember that. Okay.
3: But maybe somebody else just, said it too. Just
0: in reference to uh, the danger of overloading the discs. Gotcha. In just the way that the in weight distribution is put through, say so the articulate facet joints opposed to the discs themselves. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. But in terms of the cartilage of the intervertebral discs, they've got this kind of annular fibrosis, which is these concentric rings on the outside of the disc, which is very strong. Connective tissue. And then in the inside of it is the nuclear pulposis, which is a distensible, is that the correct? Jelly, Jelly. yeah. Jelly. But then if you are wearing these uh, fibrotic outer concentral circles of fibrous tissue down or maybe one particular gross acute movement can cause that to rupture. Rupture. And then the pulposis can not slip. Bulge. Bulge or herniate outwards, Mm. right? Which then can be problematic depending on where it goes to. If it goes into a a spinal nerve or the um, spinal cord can be problematic. But those discs are generally bigger as you go down the vertebral column because they are doing what you said a cartilaginous joint do, is resisting the compression forces.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we've gone through uh, all the um, what we call solid joints, which is bone to bone, no synovial joint, no capsule or anything like that. They're divided up into fibrous joints, which we said have sutures, Syndesmoses and gomphoses. We've got cartilaginous joints, which are primary, also known as synchondrosis, and secondary, which is known as symphysis. And now we're moving on to the final joint type. These are your favorites. Which is, this is everyone's favorite, um, every student's favorite, because we always ask them to. Remember them. Give examples of. Give examples and talk about how freely movable they are. These are the only freely movable joints in the body. These are the ones that when you think of a joint, these are the ones you're actually thinking about. These are called the synovial joints. And the synovial joints are basically… Diathrosis. Yeah, they're freely movable. And they've got a capsule, right? They've got a joint capsule in between.
0: Six things you should know. Six features. There are six wonderful features… ...that a synovial joint must have to make it synovial. Do you want to hear those six
3: things? Um, I don't know if you're asking me because I think you know the answer question. to that. Yep.
0: I'm going to say it anyway. So not particularly in any order but I'll just put it one to six. <laughs> the first one, the two bones come together. What are they lined with at the end?
3: Cartilage. More specifically, please. Real smooth cartilage.
0: Highland. Highland cartilage. So the, the bone ends have to have highland cartilage. <laughs> right. Okay, good. Um they need to have a joint capsule, which is kind of like a connected tissue covering. Which, is that
3: like a... I'll, I'll say a capsule wrap, is just wrap. a space between the two. Well, the,
0: that's going to be the cavity. The capsule is like... Well, what, the capsule is what's covering yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. the capsule wraps up the two ends of the bones, right? So you've got the capsule and then by putting the capsule, then you now have a cavity. But what's making the capsule? What's making the capsule? Well, it tissue. So right. connected tissue that is wrapping the two bone ends at some particular point up, which then gives you that cavity between the two bone ends. All right. So now
3: we've got hyaline cartilage, a capsule and a cavity. So three things.
0: So the next one is some kind of ligamental support. Because it is a moving joint, it needs to have some degree of reinforcement.
3: And the space between them, they could easily dislocate from one another. So the joint
0: capsule itself wouldn't be strong enough to keep them together. So you do need ligamental support. And ligaments bind bones to bones. So That's right. And so these ligaments can be either intra or extra-capsule. Okay. So within the actual cavity or outside the cavity. So an example of... So this is a classic example of an intra-capsular ligament. Can you give me one? No. The cruciate ligaments. Oh, in there. of course, of course, of course. So they're kind of within... All the cruciates? The, well, at least the anterior-posterior. Sorry? Yes, the anterior-posterior, yep. intra. And then if you look at extra-capsular, so outside the capsule... That an example would be the collateral ligaments.
3: Right. Okay. So these are holding bone to bone and it can be inside the capsule outside. Right. Um, what's that? Is that five or four so far? That's four. Okay. What's the fifth?
0: The fifth is a synovial membrane. So that would be on the inner lining of the joint capsule. That's a particular type of… Epithelia? Yeah. And that secretes a fluid? Like a synovial… Well, it is a synovial fluid. Like a serous fluid. Yeah. Okay. Which has different elements in the fluid and that is to provide… Lubrication. Now, it's not as much as you would think. So, the knee itself only has half a mil of synovial fluid. Oh, really? So, once it gets too much, that's like an effusion, and that would be called problematic. Right. But it's only enough to provide that kind of lubrication.
3: So, is that five and six having this? No, the last one is just movement. So, the sixth free movement is, is movement. So say them all quickly. What are the six components of a uh, synovial no, no, no. joint?
0: Highland covering at the end of the bones, a joint capsule, a joint cavity, some degree of ligamental support, whether it's intra or extracapsular, a synovial membrane, which is very important for providing that lubrication, hence the synovium, and the movement, which is
3: the diarthrosis. Beautiful. All right. Now, when we look at the synovial joints, there's actually six joint types Whew, good fun not to get confused with the six features that's right but you can think six and six So synovial f- joint has six features but it also has six types six classifications and while they may be freely movable they are freely movable within particular within particular planes right so if it moves within a single plane of movement so let's just think um up and down right that's one single plane, you would call it uniaxial. If they move within two planes of movement, you will call it biaxial. And if they move in more than two planes of movement, you would call the joint a multiaxial synovial joint. But all synovial joints will either be uniaxial, biaxial or multiaxial. So I've now created the world's best mnemonic to help you remember Not just the six synovial joint types, but also whether they're uniaxial, biaxial, or multiaxial. I'm not going to ask you, would you like to hear it? Because again, it is rhetorical because I'm going through it anyway. All right, you ready? And it's royal themed, right? Because everyone loves the uh, British royals. So.
0: Did you make this one up?
3: I did make this one up.
2: That's
0: impressive.
3: So, you also had a royal one for your antibiotics. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're a monarchist. Yeah, I've got a a monarchy fetish, don't I? I, Which I didn't think about until now. Now I'm going to think about this a lot. Um, So this is the mnemonic, pen and paper out. Prince Harry pulled Charles's saddlebag. I'll say it again, ladies and gentlemen. Prince Harry pulled Charles's saddlebag. Interpret that any way you want. I know they like to ride horses, um, but if they're not riding horses, don't really know what's going on there. So... Prince, it's a mnemonic, so the first letter is going to be the first letter of the synovial joint. So Prince, the P stands for planar, a planar joint. Harry, the H stands for a hinge joint. Pulled, the P stands for a pivot joint. Charles, the C stands for a condylar joint, not condylesa like condylesa rice, but a condylar joint. The saddle, the S stands for saddle. So that's an easy one to remember. And bag, the B stands for ball and socket. So we've got Prince Harry Paul Charles' saddle bag is planar, hinge, pivot, condylar, saddle, and ball and socket. Now, to remember whether they're uniaxial, biaxial, or multiaxial is easy. It goes three, two, one. The first three are uniaxial, planar, hinge, and pivot. The next two are biaxial, condylar and saddle, and the last one is multi-axial, ball and socket. Love it. All right. So let's go through them one by one and talk about how they move and where we can find examples of them. What do you think? I think that's… Are you cool with that? uh, It's a must. It is a must, an Elon must. All right. So let's have a look first at the planar joint. So a planar joint is easy to remember. Think about the plains of the Serengeti, the flat plains of Africa. Okay. This is a planar joint. It's two Not bones. Sure you're going with this. It's there's lions and tiger. No tigers. There's aren't, no tigers but, in Africa. Okay, I was just going through lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! From the Wizard of Oz, but that's more of a uh, song and my Judy Garland fascination. So a planar joint, flat. Okay, two bones, either end.
0: So they're only moving in one direction. One so, plane, so just like sliding back and forth. That's right. Now, where do you find this? Not so, in Africa, but
3: in your body. Well, interestingly, you can find nearly every single synovial joint in your hand. Um, a plane? No, like oh. planar hinge. Oh, like all hinges, the, all the the exa- examples. All examples pretty much in, in your hand. But what I'm going to say is that a good example of a planar joint where the two flat bones come together at a synovial joint and they just move in uniaxial, so you know, forward and back, um, or uh, around in in the flat plane surface, um, this is going to be… And so
0: a, if you were… You finish.
3: Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You love doing that, don't you? So there's two bones of the hand, right? One called the triquetrum and tri-quitrum. the other one. Triquetrum. Yep, yeah, the triquetrum and the hamate. Hamate looks like a Hawk. hammer, right? It's got a hook on it as well. Yeah, right. So these are two flat bones that come together and they move in a uniaxial plane. That's the planar joint. So the, if you were... Would- the tri- the triquetrum...
0: Yeah, Yeah. So if you, had a Truck car, trim. if you had a car that – if, you if your car broke down yeah. and you needed to, you know, get it along – out of the road, yeah, um, you'd have to do some carpooling. <laughs> so <laughs> carpools, the carpools are an example of this joint. Just go with the carpools. Yep. It's just easier. They're all plain joints.
3: Yep. Yeah. Great. All so, right. You happy with that, everyone? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, hinge hinge joint this is also uniaxial so this is easy what has a hinge a door how does a door open it swings right closes opens yes but this doesn't close or open it just swings because like the elbow yeah. joint which is a hinge joint it swings yeah right just like a door does and so this is only in one particular plane so it's uni uniaxial
0: here's one for you right knee yeah
3: is it hinge? Oh, this will um, test you. The knee, uh, no. Why? Um, because it doesn't have a hinge joint. It might move in that plane, but I don't think the joint is a hinge joint, Matt. Okay. It's a mod- it's called a modified hinge, so
0: there is rotation in it. Yeah. And that's like the unlocking of the knee. So when you put it into full extension, yep. it locks in place, yep. which is uh, hypothesized to Reduce the energy of your muscles required whilst you're standing. standing. I said that before you did. But yeah. then to unlock it, there's a bit of rotation that's put into the joint to kind of unlock it. Unlock it, yeah. That's so what there I is said. a bit of rotation. Yeah. Well done. So you. you're right. It's not a true hinge.
3: Yep. So, so, so you're good. not un, you're not unhinged. Well done. Oh, very good. Uh, pivot joint. This is the last of the uniaxial. So think about it. It pivots. If you are pivoting from one place to the next, you're quickly turning, Right. Um, okay. When I see – if I'm walking – if I'm at work and I'm walking down a hall and I see Matt, I quickly pivot, pivot and go the other way. So pivot Fair means point. turning.
0: Right? I actually missed a, I missed a train in Bulgaria for this reason of this joint because you pivoted. Well, I didn't. I asked a person in Sofia, which is I think the capital of, of Bulgaria. Yeah. I asked them about a train, uh, not location – whether this train is going to a particular location.
3: Yeah. And, and did you ask in Bulgarian? No, I asked
0: in, I asked in English Yeah, but broken, like, you know, very simple, Broken English, so you well, couldn't even really, speak your own well, language. <laughs> <laughs> I asked um, just based on very descriptive, basic descriptions of yes. this train go to blah and yeah. the person pivoted their head. And she said, where's blah? They pivoted their head. Yeah. So when you pivot your head, this is between C1, and C2. Yeah. Yeah. You so. turn it. Yeah. Right. So, what does that generally mean as a nonverbal? What do you mean? Pivot in your head. Turn your head. Yeah. What's this? Oh, no. No, which means yes in Bulgarian. Right. So, I thought, oh, it's not it, but it was yes. So, <laughs> as a result, I missed the train.
3: Uh, I wish I could find that person and congratulate them and thank them. For making your life more difficult, so like Matt said, pivot joint. A great example is that of your cervical vertebrae. C one, C two. Yeah, the two top ones. C two is the axis. Yeah, you interrupt as often and as you like. That's the axis of pivoting. Thank you. Uh, the very top one, C one, is called the atlas, um, because just like the Greek god Atlas holds the world above its head, it's holding the cranium or the skull above it. So that's C one. Shoulders on its shoulders. Yep, the atlas. Uh, and then underneath that is the axis and it's sort of got this projection that goes up. A dontoid yep. process or dens. Dens that goes up and there's a ligament that sort of wraps around it and then it allows for the turning of the head. Pivoting. So that's pivoting. So the pivot joint and that's is that's really – I think C2. that's the
0: only real one plane of motion in your vertebra. So when you look at your vertebra as mm. a collective, it's usually done as a whole group but this is one plane of motion just between two joints just twisting yeah. that's it and two bones not two joints
3: right so that's the pivot joint so now we've moved out of the uniaxial joints now we're looking at the biaxial so two, there's two joints here that move in two planes the first of which is the condylar joint now the condylar joint's an interesting one
0: Condyle, right?
3: yeah which is on, the, on the horse yeah um no different so the the two is actually the condylar joint and the saddle joint right very similar in a way they're the condyle is sort of like a modified saddle joint, or the saddle joint is like a modified condylar joint. Basically, they both have the way I see the condylar joint is like a really shallow ball and socket joint.
0: Right, right. So um, there is a concavity and a convexity.
3: Exactly, right. um, but it's more ellipsical. so it's more like I don't an oval. Know what that means. Like an oval okay, shape, right. right? Like the Earth moves around the sun, not in a perfect Circle. circular orbit, but it's elliptical. Right, So it, it actually moves in an oval shape, so it's sort of an elongated circle. So a condylar joint is like a shallow, elongated ball and socket joint um, and it moves in two directions. And because it's shallow, it can't move in um, – it's not multi-axial. Right? So that's the condylar joint. Examples? Uh, I'd say between the like metacarpals and the proximal phalanx. So, you know, when, not when you're moving your knuckles, your major knuckles, but doing, your second knuckles. You want to wave like that? No, no that. that. A wave like that.
0: Is it a wave like that? So say like between the phalanges and uh, the metacarpal Between the
3: metacarpals and the proximal phalanx.
0: Yes, that.
3: Yeah. So the, 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 so you tr- the joint that you punch with. <laughs> yeah. When you make a fist to punch, oh, yeah, that's a punch, what you're impacting on, let's say, Matt's face That's going to be a condylar joint.
0: Or you do do this wave. What's that
3: wave? That's like the queen's wave. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's the metacarpal bone to the proximal proximal phalanx, right? That's condylar. Then you get the saddle joint and the saddle joint just looks like the saddle of a horse. So it's sort of um, not just concave, one part's concave, one part's convex, um, but it's sort of got a dip down either side as well. And the place that you can find this, Matt, is where you just – Get your thumb moving, right? If you want to move your thumb on your hand, what's that, the trapezium with the first metacarpal? Mm. Yep, that's that's a uh, saddle joint. Good. Thanks. Um, Matt was just showing me, hence being quiet, but it doesn't work well on a podcast. No, it doesn't. So, order thumbs ups. No, or, or this one, Matt, um, which is not <laughs> going to repeat. Last one is the only multi-axial joint. That's a ball and socket this joint. This is pretty self-explanatory. It's a ball and a socket. Hip joint, shoulder joint. Good examples? Can you yep. think of any other examples?
0: Uh, well, sometimes they say that the sternoclavicular joint is kind of a ball and socket, huh. even though technically it's probably more of a saddle.
3: Yeah. But or the, condylar?
0: Well, no. I think it's more – it's either hinge or ball and socket. Okay. But, but the, the complexity of the sternoclavicular joint is that it's a multi-axial j- joint. Is it? Yeah. Right. So it can move in the three planes. Mm. But what makes it difficult – is what, what makes the complexity to this joint is it's got a chunk of cartilage in it, a disc, which then makes it from a saddle into a ball and socket based on the shape changes that the disc gives the other bone. Right. So it's com- very complicated. Yeah. I looked in this a few weeks ago for another uh, workshop that we did and for the planes that it moves in is dictated by the disc. If you didn't have the disc, oh. it would be a saddle. But then putting the disc in, it chain it always creates two cavities, on what on either side of the disc. So like two sense. joints, basically. Yeah. Wow, interesting. And then it so that allows you to go on the frontal plane, the sagittal, and then rotational, depending on where your arm is relative to your collarbone. Or sure. I say clavicle, and hence that gives a lot of movement for your uh, pectorial girdle opposed to your pelvic girdle, and right. that's why your range of motion in your shoulder. Oh, the shoulder complex is so much more than the hip. The hip as a ball and socket joint is a very stable joint. Because it's deep. It's a it's very deep It's yeah. got better congruence between the two, the head of the femur and the um, acetabulum. Compare that to the shoulder, which is the head of the humerus and the uh, glenoid Cleoid. cavity. Yeah. It's a shallower joint. It becomes the most... Risky joint for dislocation. Yes. So
3: in but adults, greater degrees of movement, much more. Yeah.
0: So for adults, the most dislocated joint in the body is um, the shoulder joint. The shoulder joint, of course. Children, um, you've T has had this multiple
3: times. Oh, uh, elbow. Yeah.
0: So the radial head.
3: Yeah. My daughter. So yeah.
0: Because Thanks. of holding their hand, holding their arm, and then. Suspending them can sometimes pull the head That's not
3: how she did it. No? She used to dislocate her elbow when she was younger once every couple of months and it just used to happen. Oh, no, when she fell over, she would fall over um, and we didn't know what would go on. But then I figured out it was her elbow and i will just have to pop it back in and it's pretty easy to pop back in, just a bit of a twist and a bit of an extension and but We in. definitely
0: would not recommend or prescribe relocating oh, no. joints. Go yeah. go to your expert Positions to do this because yes. there could be quite bad ramifications by <laughs> trying to put joints back into place with yeah. compressing nerves and blood vessels and soft tissue. Agreed. A couple can I add a couple of final points before we begin? Oh, before we end, Matt, not you end, not begin. G- <laughs> we haven't really began, Michael.
3: Yeah, th- this is all the introduction <laughs> to joints.
0: So mm-hmm. I want to ask you a Quick question. Love it. And I expect a a correct answer here. Okay. Cracking your knuckles. Yes, sir. Does it give you
3: arthritis? Yes or no? I know the answer to this. It's a very simple, simple answer. And the answer is unequivocally no, it does not give you arthritis. All right. Why? Uh, Well, let's
0: just quickly – I want to ask this back. What is the actual
3: sound, the popping sound? Isn't it – so I could be wrong and maybe the evidence has changed – but I used to think that when you crack a knuckle, you are increasing the volume of the cavity, yep. uh, which means you decrease the pressure Brilliant. in the cavity. Boils a lot. Right? Which means any gas particles that are dissolved in it, because the pressure is low, it's like opening a, a bottle of soda pop. Who calls it soda pop? Our US
0: contingent. Okay. I think pop is a particular part of America. I think some of America's soda, some p- parts pop. Can you please write in via email and let us know which part
3: of America Or well, alternatively pop- don't because I don't care. <laughs> I do. So let's say soda I water. I did, know. Okay, I'm opening up a soft drink. soft drink, right? Open it up, the pressure now decreases and bubbles form. Come out right? of the solution. And you hear a sound of bubbles coming out, right? So my assumption was when you increase the cavity, you decrease the pressure. The gases that are dissolved in the cavity are now come into existence and they pop and the popping sound is the gas bubbles yeah, popping. beautiful. But I don't know if that's true anymore. Uh, uh, from my understanding, that's correct. Okay. You sure?
0: S- yeah, my understanding is. Uh, basically, so first, the first part of the question was, does it give you arthritis? This was disproven by a physician called last name Unger. He published this in the Journal of Arthritis and Rheumatology in 1998. Yeah. Uh, titled does. Knuckle cracking lead to arthritis of the fingers. So he cracked his knuckles on one side for 50 years and not on the other side of his hand. Yeah. So one hand for 50 years, other hand not at all. One an experiment. And proved that there was no arthritis. However, there, I think there were slight weaknesses because you are cavitating and stretching ligament. So there might be some st- structural changes but not arthritis. My understanding more recently they did knuckle cracking or joint cracking under the use of uh, CT or MRI yep and my understanding of what you said is correct is it just changes the pressure within the joint and causes the gas which is co2 or maybe nitrogen to come out of solution uh, and then it takes 20 to 30 minutes for it to repressurize and that's why you can't crack it again keep cracking it makes sense makes sense all right.
3: Matty, have we done it, it? Is that enough? I think, uh, look. Or should we talk about No, um, no, no, nah, we're arth- done.
0: Arthritis, that we'll now talk about it another date.
3: We will do a whole episode on arthritis, which I think people will find more interesting than just the boring joints. But I think we did a good job, and I think we've helped many people understand the joints that allow for their body to… Uh, move or not move. Correct. Uh, if you uh, like, maybe not this episode, but other episodes.
0: Uh, Why do you hate joints so much? Uh, I They're in. You know, this is the yeah. the foundation of a lot of manual therapy, physio, osteo, chiro. If we didn't have joints, they'd be out of work.
3: True. Imagine if we were just one fused form. Just would be good. One long bone. All right. Stop in there. So uh, if you want to contact us, uh, please do so. Send us an email, gubiosciences at gmail.com. If you write us an email, you can tell us, ask us a question, make a statement, give us a little story or anecdote, whatever it may be. We're happy to read it out on the podcast. If you don't want us to read your email, please state so. Uh, If you want us to say – if you don't want us to say your name, because we will read your name – Please say don't read my name out. No problem whatsoever. But, yeah, send us an email. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, all that type of stuff. Tell your friends about us. Tell your family. Let your dog know. But then you have to buy him an uh, iPad probably and some headphones. Might be a bit probably an
0: iPad. I don't think in an iPad.
3: Yeah, but dogs, their eyesight's not like good enough to see on the small screen, right? And yeah. I think their dog paws will but, be able to the an But this is a podcast, a not a video. Um, well, we'll be recording this as video soon, okay. but that's a but hell of a digression. Uh, you can contact me on social media, not Matt, because who cares anyway.
0: Maybe the dog wants to know about the joints.
3: That's true. How many joints does a dog have? Yeah, I I'm not even going to try. No, no. Well, there you go. Uh, Dr. Mike Todorovic uh, on most platforms. Please uh, follow, say hi, and uh, let me know what you think about the podcast. But apart from that, hope you're all well. And we'll uh, do another episode very soon. Bye, Maddie.
0: Peace out. I'm doing a peace sign, which is a certain movement at my uh,
3: what's joint is it? Um, I don't know, but I'm doing a peace <laughs> sign as well, but only oh, with one three. finger. Yes, the um, the third digit. So <laughs> <See> yeah. <laughs>